Welcome to Murder Minute. On today's episode, a wartime killer in France, known as Dr. Satan. But first, your true crime headlines. A South Carolina woman serving a life sentence for beating a child that she was babysitting to death has been denied a pardon, even though she has said that she has less than a year to live after being diagnosed with cancer. 28-year-old Kayla Marie Cook was convicted in Lancaster County a year ago of homicide by child abuse after beating three-year-old Lillian Schroeder to death in 2017. In 2018, Cook was released on bond to get cancer treatments while awaiting trial. Doctors have now told her that her cancer is incurable. Family members of the girl and law enforcement investigators on the case asked that Cook remain in prison because of how badly the child was beaten and the severity of the crime. A pardon board in South Carolina voted unanimously to deny the pardon and that Kayla Marie Cook remain in prison to complete her life sentence. Bail was set at $400,000 on Monday for a man accused of killing and dismembering a Montana man nearly a decade ago in a dispute over land access. 66-year-old Leon Michael Ford is charged with killing John Mike Kreitz, who went missing from the property northwest of Helena in 2011. Ford owned 15 acres of land north of Kreitz property and was scheduled to meet with Kreitz on the last day that he was seen alive. Four months later, parts of Kreitz's body were found in garbage bags. His skull was found separately about a year after his death near McDonald Pass, west of Helena. An autopsy found that he died from two gunshot wounds to the head. Ford appeared in court on charges of deliberate homicide and tampering with evidence. If Ford posts bond, he will have to sign an extradition waiver and turn over his passport before being released. A Connecticut teenager is accused of hiring another teen to kill his parents as revenge for years of alleged abuse, leading to a knife attack that left his stepmother and her mother dead and his father wounded. 55-year-old Marianne Zarenka and her 78-year-old mother Sandra Marcy were killed in May. Three 17-year-olds have been arrested on multiple charges. The stepson told police that he hired another teenager to kill his stepmother and his father, who has not been named, because he said they abused him for years. Quote, I felt like if my stepmother and father were gone, I'd be free. It's like an elephant sitting on my chest at home, the teen told police. I always felt bullied there, and I just can't stand it. The teen said that he arranged with another teenager to go to his house late at night, stab his parents, and take whatever he wanted from the home as payment. The teenage assailant in the home allegedly texted the stepson over Snapchat that one of the victims was dying slowly, but that his father was not dying. The two women were fatally stabbed. The father survived the attack and eventually called the police. At least two of the three teens arrested faced charges including murder and first-degree assault. 
The teens were charged additionally with criminal liability for acts of another, a charge that refers to soliciting another person to engage in criminal conduct. One of them was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, Marcel Petiot. But first, a quick break. In difficult times, it can be difficult to cope. So if you've been thinking about talking to someone, it's time to get better help. Better help is not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so that you can start communicating in under 48 hours. They have a broad range of expertise available, and the service is available for clients worldwide. Just log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so that you don't ever have to sit in a waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you need to. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Just visit their website and read the testimonials posted daily. Like this one, written by a BetterHelp user after counseling with Jocelyn Smith for two weeks on issues concerning stress, anxiety, and career difficulties. I've loved working with Joy so far. I feel affirmed and validated, especially as a woman of color. She understands and empathizes with my experiences in a way many others might not be able to. I always leave our sessions feeling more clear-headed and better equipped to take on whatever challenges life may bring. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MurderMinute. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Murder Minute listeners get 10% off their first month when they visit betterhelp.com slash murderminute. That's betterhelp.com slash murderminute. Are you looking for more killer shows? There's a world of entertainment options out there that you may be missing out on. It's time to burst the domestic TV bubble and check out Acorn TV. Acorn TV is a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television. Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries, bringing people around the world obsession-worthy entertainment from across several ponds. With Acorn TV, you get access to premium, commercial-free, international content, all for the unbeatable price of just $5.99 a month. Their extensive library includes hard-to-find gems 
timeless classics and newly discovered favorites from Britain, Ireland, Australia, and beyond. If you can't get enough of suspenseful crime dramas, and we know you can't, then catch up on Acorn TV Original Mystery Road. Hailed a visual knockout by the New York Times, Mystery Road takes place in the stunning Australian outback, where a detective and a local cop, played by Oscar nominee Judy Davis, team up to investigate the mysterious disappearance of two boys. Mystery Road returns for a second season in October, opening up a new thriller in a town where the desert meets the ocean. A compromised archaeological dig and a headless corpse reveal explosive secrets about the town's controversial past. I always find something new to watch on Acorn TV because it's loaded with thousands of hours of binge-worthy shows. And with new releases added every Monday, you'll never run out of killer content. Acorn TV works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online via Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. I have Acorn TV on my phone, iPad, my laptop, my desktop, and my Apple TV. Up next on my watch list is Manhunt, the true crime drama about a serial killer case that captivated the UK. Escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code MURDERMINUTE. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV, code MURDERMINUTE, to get your first 30 days free. We talk a lot about physical health and mental health, but what about sexual health? Whether you hit the gym, take a walk, or meditate, if you want to take care of your whole self, you need to prioritize your pleasure along with your body and mind. Put your well-being first with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and immersive so that you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whoever and whatever you're into. Find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a hot stranger, getting closer with that sexy yoga instructor that you can't stop thinking about, or even stories about trying that new toy together or getting tied up. They add new content every week, so there's always more to explore. Spice things up today with Dipsy. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash mm. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipseastories.com slash mm. What are you waiting for? Dive in to Dipsy at dipsystories.com slash mm. Welcome back to Murder Minute. Marcel-André-Henri-Félix-Petiot was born on January 17, 1897, in France. 
Marcel was an intelligent child, but exhibited severe behavioral problems and was expelled from school multiple times before completing his education. At the age of 11, Marcel fired his father's gun in class and attempted to solicit sex from a female classmate. At age 17, he was arrested for mail theft and damage of public property. But when a judge ordered a psychological evaluation, the charges were dropped. Marcel was found to be mentally unwell and unfit to stand trial, he was released. In March of 1914, a psychiatrist confirmed Marcel's mental illness. But despite these troubles, just one year later, in July of 1915, Marcel completed his education in Paris. Now that he was 18, Marcel decided to enlist in the military. He volunteered for the French army during World War I and entered service in January of 1916. After being wounded and gassed in battle, Marcel had his first of many breakdowns. He spent much of his brief service in various rest homes and in 1917 was arrested for stealing army blankets, morphine, various army supplies, wallets, photographs, and letters. But once again, his charges were dismissed when another psychiatric evaluation determined that he was suffering from mental illness. Despite his mental state, in June of 1918, Marcel was returned to the front. After suffering what appeared to be a complete mental break, Marcel shot himself in the foot. He was discharged for abnormal behavior and left the army with a disability pension. Psychiatrists recommended that Marcel be committed to a mental institution. Instead, he became an intern at one and entered the accelerated education program intended for war veterans in 1921. Despite his documented history of mental instability, Marcel Petiot obtained a medical degree in just eight months and established a practice in the town of Villeneuve. There, Marcel became a popular figure. Few could have suspected that the young doctor was a thief who was receiving government medical assistance funds for his mental illness, was addicted to prescription narcotics, and was about to take his first life. In 1926, Marcel met the woman who many believe was his first victim. Louise Deliveau was the daughter of one of Marcel's elderly patients. Marcel and Louise began having a love affair. But in May of 1926, Louise mysteriously disappeared. Neighbors told police that they had witnessed Marcel Petiot loading a large, heavy trunk into his car. But investigators couldn't connect him to the crime. 
Her body was never recovered, and police dismissed the case as a runaway. Despite being recently suspected of murder, that same year, Marcel Petiot was elected mayor of Villeneuve. In 1927, Marcel married 23-year-old Georgette Leblay, the daughter of a wealthy landowner, and the couple welcomed a son, Gerhard, the following year. But the Petiot family wouldn't last in Villeneuve. Word got around that Marcel was over-prescribing narcotics, stealing, embezzling the town funds, and performing illegal abortions. In August of 1931, Marcel was suspended as mayor, and he resigned. Five weeks later, he won an election as a local councillor. But his council seat was short-lived. In 1932, he was accused of stealing electricity from the town. So, in 1933, Marcel Petiot decided it was time to move on. He packed up his wife and son, and the family moved to Paris. Marcel picked up right where he left off. He built a new practice using forged credentials and managed to maintain a good reputation as a doctor, all the while evading taxes, continuing to steal, over-prescribing narcotics, and performing illegal medical procedures. In 1936, Marcel was briefly institutionalized for kleptomania. The same year, he was granted the authority to write death certificates. When World War II broke out, the fall of France to the Nazis provided cover for Marcel Petiot to continue his illegal operations under the radar with little consequence. When Marcel was fined, 2,400 francs for prescribing illicit narcotics, the case should have gone to trial. But the two addicts, who were set to testify against him, mysteriously disappeared shortly before the trial began. For Marcel, Nazi occupation provided the perfect scapegoat for his crimes. But soon, he would conceive of a far better way to profit from it. Marcel joined, or claimed to join, the French resistance, creating false death certificates and false medical disability certificates to help people avoid conscription. But Marcel's most lucrative resistance activity was his supposed escape route. Under the codename Dr. Eugene, Marcel offered safe passage out of France to Jews wishing to escape the Nazis. For 25,000 francs per person, Dr. Eugene claimed that he could arrange passage to Argentina through Portugal. Once they arrived to his clinic, Marcel told them that the Argentine officials required all entrants into the country to be inoculated. With their consent, Marcel then lifted his syringe and injected them with cyanide. Once dead, Marcel Petiot took their suitcases, pocketed their cash and valuables, 
and dumped their bodies. At first, he discarded them in the Seine, but later he disposed of the bodies by submerging them in quicklime, or taking them to his basement furnace and incinerating them. When the victims, family, and friends failed to hear from their loved ones, they simply assumed that they had made it out of the country. By 1941, Marcel's activities had been so successful that he bought a house near the Arc de Triomphe, but he failed to keep a low profile. It appeared that his cover as a member of the resistance had been so convincing that it convinced the Nazis. The Gestapo forced a prisoner, Ivan Dreyfus, to go undercover and approach the network run by Dr. Eugene. But Dreyfus never returned. Suspected of aiding Jews, the Gestapo arrested Marcel and three of his accomplices in April of 1943. They released him in January of 1944. Two months later, on March 11, 1944, Marcel's neighbors called police, complaining of a foul smell that appeared to be coming from a chimney. When police and firemen entered Marcel Petiot's home, they found the source of the stench. There, burning in the furnace and scattered around the basement, were the human remains of at least ten victims. In the back garden, they found more remains dissolving in quicklime and in a canvas bag. Also found throughout the house were dozens of suitcases. Police arrested Marcel's wife and brother as accomplices, but Marcel slipped away. Once again, the war aided in Marcel's escape. Due to the invasion of Normandy, the search for the man that the French media dubbed Dr. Satan was temporarily put on hold. For months, Marcel went into hiding with friends. He told them that the Nazis were after him because he had killed Germans and informers. In an apparent effort to lend credibility to his story, during the liberation of Paris, Marcel joined the French forces of the interior under the name Henri Valéry and became a captain in charge of counter-espionage and prisoner interrogations. But Marcel's plan backfired. When the newspaper Resistance ran a story on Henri Valéry, he was recognized, and police were back on his trail. On October 31, 1944, Marcel Petiot was arrested at a Paris metro station. On March 19, 1946, Marcel Petiot went on trial facing a legal team of 12 lawyers hired by the relatives of his victims. Their suitcases were piled high in the courtroom for all to see. 
Marcel and his defense attorney attempted to portray him as a hero of the resistance and insisted that he had only killed enemies of France. Some victims, he said, were collaborators or double agents. Some, he said, were Nazis, killed not by him, but by fellow members of the resistance. Others, he claimed, were alive and well in South America, living under new names. But investigators found that Marcel Petiot had no associates in any of the major resistance groups, and the other groups he spoke of never existed. Marcel Petiot admitted to killing just 19 of the 27 victims found in his house, part of a total of 63 enemies he claimed that he had killed. Prosecutors accused him of murder for profit and estimated that he stole 200 million francs, equivalent to roughly $2 million today. He was convicted of 26 counts of murder and sentenced to death. On May 25, 1946, he was beheaded by a guillotine. Marcel Petiot's last words were, Gentlemen, I have one last piece of advice. Look away. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.